Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Patient Access Pulse, a podcast brought to you by Pelotas. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. On this episode, we're going to be looking back at the past two years in the world of healthcare, or a while two years it's been. We're also going to take a glance forward at the next two years as well. And today, I am thrilled to be joined by our two guests. First, we have David Reck, the Chief Technology Officer at Pelotas. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. And we are also joined by John Holyoke, Chief Solutions Officer at Pelotas. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for Thanks joining Thanks so me. much. Well, it is a pleasure to have you guys here. Obviously, as we look back, the past two years have been a wild two years in uh, in healthcare, to say the least. COVID-19 really ran rampant uh, throughout the world and forced companies to enter into um, a, a lot of aspects of change, right? So what have you seen within the healthcare industry that's changed over the last couple of years? Like I said, lots changed across the globe, obviously. Um, healthcare has changed dramatically as well, in my opinion. One of the key areas, however, that I saw a change in was a focus on safety. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, safety is core. Patient safety has been core to, to healthcare forever. Um, but now you've got patients and you've got frontline staff. And, and so you had to take into consideration the safety of that, that staff um, as well um, and how the patients are interacting with them. So safety was, was certainly a focus. Um, remote work, obviously, um, became uh, very much a, a trend as well in, in healthcare. And, and healthcare tends to lag in, in many ways behind other industries. Uh, remote work is certainly one of them. Some some pockets of, of that, um, that that had existed for quite some time. Things like remote coding um, have, have been a, a reality. Um, but but working remote hasn't been something that, that healthcare has embraced uh, up until the, the pandemic, and you're seeing more and more of that. Yeah, and I, I definitely, you've seen, clearly we already had the, the telehealth push prior to the pandemic. And, and that this just really move things forward faster and looking for ways of going, building what John says for safety, for safety for the staff and the patient and finding ways that allows you to still continue that process and go through and receive the healthcare you need in a safe environment and really a virtual environment if possible. You know, it's interesting you bring up telehealth because it's one of those things that existed pre-pandemic, right? right? And people were aware of it generally, but the rate of adoption really accelerated with the pandemic, right? And I think we saw that in a lot of different ways. How did you see innovation really speed up or change the rate of, of innovation speed up or change as a result of the pandemic? Right. A lot of the things that, that we've seen as far as focus um, in the last two years, I felt like we're already on the priority list. Mm -hmm. It just adjusted the priorities based on, on the state of, of the environment. So there was already, we've had clients that have told us they were already had on their list to to look at patient engagement and a virtual presence, but the fact that the pandemic occurred gave them the opportunity to move something that might have taken five, ten years to get put in place to be an immediate concern and, a, and an urgent priority. Hundred percent agree with that, and and kind of put a finer point on that. I I have a, a colleague that I work with a, a good bit. Uh, she runs the the revenue cycle at a relatively large facility down in on the coast of Florida. She told me um, when, when we first were talking uh, about this, she said, John, I've been working on getting the visibility, the, the catalyst, the drive to make this a reality, this being a, a digital patient ex uh, experience, uh, a dish, digital intake flow. She said, I've been working on this for 10 years. I've got no traction. It only took a global catalyst, the, the global pandemic really, to be the catalyst to make it a reality. So that acceleration that David talks about is, is very much uh, in, in play. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the other things, I mean, we've really seen a digital 
transformation yeah. in a lot of ways. Can you dive into the development uh, process for technology and how that has come about, specifically at Pelotas? What does that look like for you guys as you've been um, kind of working through the deve developmental process for, for new technologies and for ways for people to interact digitally? You want to start? You know, I would say that um, what we've been really doing is, is when we talked about the, the prioritization of moving the, the digital patient engagement option to the patients, mm -hmm. along with that, there's been a focus on increasing automation um, within our, our product. And we had a core product that was really focused uh, or is really focused on um, the processes around what the staff at the hospital might do. Yeah. And now exposing, pushing that to expose that directly to patients when possible so that you can not only provide that self-service function to the patients, but re hopefully reduce some of the staff requirements um, from a, on a day-to-day -day basis when possible. Because along with the pandemic, there is definitely a, a, a shortage of available staff, right? Skilled staff that the hospitals need. So things that they can do to, to help automate and reduce manual tasks is, is one of the things that we've been focused on. Hmm. Yeah, John, anything you'd add? Yeah, just building on, on what David said um, there, the, the core of everything we do really is, is focused around trying to solve market problems, right? Yeah. Creating solutions, not tech gadgetry, not shiny objects, but but solving for, for challenges. And, and one of the things I'd go back to is this, this concept of, of safety um, on, on there. Um, as the, the pandemic really took hold, um, and not only were folks working remotely, but as we're coming in for the course of care, we need to be able to engage with those frontline workers and, and do so safely. So really leveraging things like the mobile technology. Um, and we saw it across all industries. Going back to your original question, Tyler, you know, we see, we see change in all industries. Um, and in and, and healthcare, while it lags behind, has, has really tried to catch up quickly. Think of during the pandemic, right? We didn't go into stores. We went to curbside delivery and we got very comfortable using our phones mm -hmm. um, as a means to, to not only order items, but to, to engage and let them know when you're here and, and to, to guide you through that process. And so using those as examples to, to create this patient experience, to create the, the, the digital extension and, and create not only the, the, the throughput that, that David is, is talking about to, to manage some of the staff challenges, but, but also this, this barrier and the safety on there. And, and beyond that, then our patients now have those experiences, going to Target, pulling up into the space, letting them know you're here, getting your order coming up. They, they expect that. Uh, so really adopting the technology to, mm -hmm. to meet those expectations of, of patients as consumers as well. Yeah, to a certain extent, is it about helping the healthcare industry catch up quickly? Uh, the way that you were talking about, sometimes healthcare can lag behind in terms of adoption of certain things. Helping the healthcare industry catch up to meet consumer expectations Absolutely. where they are given where the rest of industries have gone, like retail and other places that allow you to lose, use your cell phone and use certain technologies, you know, to, to enable their services. Absolutely. Too often, uh, we, we don't tend to think, in my opinion, of patients as consumers. Mm -hmm. they're, they're patients. And, and there is a distinction. I don't want to, to minimize that. There is a distinction. Uh, but patients as consumers expect that type of an experience. They expect the convenience, the ability to do things on their time right. when they're ready. Think about um, completing the forms. We all know we go into the, the, the physician's office, we've got the form after form that we filled out five times before, we're, we're, we're using that clipboard. How much better it is from a patient slash consumer experience, as well as for the facility, if 
I can send that to David and, and he can fill that out the night before on his time in his, his best way. So yeah, we're catching up and, and I think that that's, that's a reality. And, and one, of the, one of the unique, well, I'd say somewhat unique challenges around the healthcare component. So we're talking about the, the, the shopping and, and the different things that, that are the norm now. And as healthcare gets into that same type of, of norm, one of the challenges with that is you think about the demographic mm -hmm. in large part that uses healthcare mm -hmm. Is, is the aging population. Mm -hmm. So they may not be as familiar with some of these, the technologies that we use on a day-to-day -day basis. So things like uh, one of the challenges we've faced that we've, we've worked through is um, the authentication piece. <laughs> the security is critical with healthcare data, right? It's table stakes for being, being a part of the, the, uh, the environment. And right. not only you have to secure the data, but you also have to make it accessible to the end, end user. So one solution doesn't work for everybody. And you, when you get into like MFA, multi-factor authentication, where you're sending people authorization codes, how do you present that in a way that, that it's secure, but it also is an easy way for them to access? So it's, there's, there's some unique challenges within healthcare around getting to that, that norm state of, of technology. That's a, that's a really, really good point. I can't imagine trying to explain to like my wife's grandmother how to mm -hmm. do two-factor authentication, you know, I help her update her cell phone every time we go visit. Right. So I can't imagine, you know, those kinds of conversations. But you're, you're right. There are particular challenges that exist in healthcare that probably don't exist in other areas um, that, that are using technology and that sort of thing. You know, one of the other things that stands out to me anyways is that the pandemic really taught people that solutions need to be flexible mm -hmm. to be able to bend to meet to whatever Mm -hmm. the next issue might be. There might be another wave of the pandemic. There might not be. The next challenge might be something that looks different, but everyone I think has focused on the idea that solutions need to be flexible mm -hmm. to meet whatever the, the current situation is, right? How did that factor into your development of, of Pelotas technology, like, like IPASS, right? Yeah. How did that kind of factor into your thinking, knowing that you need to be able to flex to meet people where they are and whatever solutions might come down the road? From my seat, it's really easy. From a solutions management, I I simply look to Dave and say, "How hard could it be right, for, for any of those solutions?" Um, it's funny how often and, that comes out every day. Yeah, it does. Um, but you know, I, I, and David will speak to this. But I think that the core to that flexibility, Tyler, is is really leveraging and creating a, a modern architecture that that gives you. Um, David will talk about microservices technology. I can say that and, and almost know what it means. Um, but, but, but what it really means to me is that we can start down a path. We can create both minimally uh, viable, market viable solutions, but we can very quickly pivot on that same foundation and, and, and create cha the change that you're describing. Um, David will say it much better than, than I think you, there. you put it very well. Yeah, we, 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 um, we partner together to, to really try to move towards a, where John just said, right, where the market, the market need, mm -hmm. but don't try to, to build the solution that is overkill right out of the gate. And that gives us to be able to, to first get feedback from end users, patients, and, and really drive the solution, not only um, where we see the vision going, but also through feedback of our, our end users. And uh, we have a, we've built, a, we've definitely invested a lot of in, in our platform to, to build it in a, a module distributed fashion so that we can shift as needed, which is like you said, because the next pandemic, what, what challenges come from that? We don't know until we get there. Really. It's a great point. Yeah. It's a great point. So when you look at today's current landscape and the challenges that, that we're facing, and obviously all of the things we've learned over the past two years and the, the speed at which things have developed, where do you see things going in, in the future? Where is technology headed, given the, the challenges that that exist right now? 
So I, I'll I'll start for just a second. So my and this is not a new one, but I do I'm most excited about this one probably over anything we've been able to do or plan to do is really extending the the integration and interoperability opportunities from our platform to all the other health, healthcare platforms that we we work with. Um, you know, we could build the best solution within IPASS, um, but at the end of the day, if that solution requires somebody to have to to, to do d double entry or rework mm -hmm. to get into another platform, we're really causing a productivity drain at that point. Um, and with with new legislation and adoption from other products around open APIs, there really is um, moving towards an environment where you can have a, a fully integrated healthcare solution that's that's not a, an individual product that, that you have to do this job here and then shift and do this job here. Um, that along with the... Uh, the opportunity to um, to leverage some some newer technologies around artificial intelligence for some more challenging problems that we've faced um, on a on a regular basis, like around prior authorization. There is there is uh, now with um, natural natural language processing and cognitive models, uh, the amount of data we have, we we have the potential to solve some of those challenging problems that really were only solvable through working with um, really through brute force, I would say, more hands. And right. it was not a scalable solution. Interesting. Yeah, that interoperability that David describes is is so big. Um, and, and, and David touched on it a moment ago. Talk about new legislation. Think about things like surprise billing. Um, hugely important to patients um, who, who are faced with getting the bill for their facility and then a follow-on bill from an anesthesiologist. And an anesthesiologist may or may not be in network and, and it has a material impact, right? right. Um, and, and so surprise billing legislation is, is, is a huge and, and important legislation, but it, without the interoperability uh, that's, that, that David describes, it's a it's a tough nut to crack um, on, on there because we've got multiple billing systems, we've got payers that have data on, on certain things. So that that continuing evolution towards really truly interconnected solutions, not trying to, to boil the ocean, but solve unique challenges by gathering that data. And then as we have that data, again, just at the risk of repeating what David is saying there, using it to advance through machine learning, through through AI, um, and 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 to, to solve new challenges. Authorization is a great example that David used. So given what you guys said, how will iPaaS software be shaped and molded in the future, recognizing these trends and the challenges that you have moving forward in the healthcare industry? One, I think we continue to look at the patient engagement side of, of, of this and continue to evolve on that. If, if all we've done is take the catalyst of a global pandemic and solve one problem, right, which is to, to create this, um, this, this uh, buffer of safety, to, to create some of the, the, the self-service on there, and we say, okay, we're done, and, and, and stop on that, then, then I think we've missed the mark. So um, really in continuing to find ways to engage the patient in her, his or her uh, healthcare journey, whether it's administrative, whether it's clinical, um, it, I think to, is really important. And then here again, trying to break down this, continue to break down this complex uh, puzzle that we've got in healthcare um, through through the use of the, those data. So again, I think authorization is a huge challenge space. It's important. There's a reason for it, but we should be able to solve it better than we are today. So we'll continue to push uh, the barriers in and around that. Yeah, and uh, just to continue with what John said, so so at Pelotas, we know what we are. We have a, a patient access platform, 
and ways to continue to solve those problems in, in, in better ways, right? Mm -hmm. and, and through the technologies we've talked about, um, exposing the functionality to the patient, the, in, the consumer, um, trying to shorten cycles, those kind of things, but, but staying in the, the core um, area that we, we live in within patient access and, and really building the best patient access platform know, beginning to end that we possibly can is, is, is the direction I see us headed. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, in the audience, if you have a question for either of these guys, feel free to drop that in the comment section there on the right-hand side of your screen. If you have something that you want to ask uh, our Pelotas experts here today, make sure to drop that in the chat. Guys, before we sign off, I want to give you both the opportunity just to give us any final thoughts that you have, anything you want to leave the audience with or want them to know after they've watched this episode, be it live or recorded later on. Um, so, John, let's start off with you. What, what do you want to leave the audience with, uh, whether it's something that we haven't touched on yet today that you think is important or just driving home a main point that you think that uh, is really vital for people to understand? Yeah, I, I think I would circle back to where I was just a moment ago. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a, a, an incredible opportunity uh, as an industry, um, both in those that are providing technology solutions but also those that are providing the, the, the care uh, to, to change what we've done pretty consistently across many, many years, right? To, to, to change and, and engage um, our patient population uh, across whatever part of the, the demographic spectrum they are um, in, in meaningful ways. Um, let's not lose sight of that. Let's not um, just make it a flash in the pan. Let's build on that and, and, and build something better together, uh, I think would be the, the thought that I would leave with. David. I'd say that uh, we, you know, I'm, I'm more excited about being a part of the healthcare industry than I probably ever have before. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an unfortunate the pandemic might have brought about some of these changes, but it is um, exciting to see the opportunities we have to make things better. And I definitely feel like as a result of the focus on the healthcare as a part of the pandemic, that progress is moving faster in areas that's been slow before. Yeah. And uh, there will be a lot of opportunities to make things better for the, the patient ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that should be our goal. It feels like when you get when you're in situations like we've been for the last two years that there is really that opportunity to yeah. come in and, and make meaningful change mm -hmm. that sometimes it can feel like doesn't exist in other areas. But in times like this, it feels like now is the time to really transform and revolutionize how we do things. And yeah. there's really that opportunity for, for Pelotas to do that. Totally agree. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. David Reck and John Holyoke. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, Patient Access Pulse. And uh, tell us a little bit more about what things have been like over the last couple of years and where things are going in light of technology and the challenges that exist in healthcare. It's been a pleasure having you guys on. Thank Thanks. you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And everyone out there, thank you for joining us for this, uh, this episode of Patient Access Pulse. It's been a pleasure having you along with us. Whether you're watching us live right now or recorded later on, we appreciate you very much. For more from Pelotas, make sure to go visit uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you can subscribe to stay up to date with the latest. You don't want to miss an episode, so you can catch us later on if you need to. Or go back and re-listen to it to, to make sure you get all of the insights and information you need. And stay up to date with the latest from Pelotas. So stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this episode, for my guests today, David and John, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.